0: The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Hello and welcome back to the show. It's Justin Briley sitting in for Ruth Jackson on this, the sixth season of the C.S. Lewis Podcast, bringing you a new set of shows looking at Lewis's shorter writings, essays, articles and sermons with Alistair McGrath. And we've a new home, of course, for this podcast, part of now Premier unbelievable at premierunbelievable.com that's the place to go for the digital download of our recent unbelievable conference Alistair was one of our keynote speakers and contributors and what a great day we had Jackie was there and emailed in to say this time last year the tide of my faith after 30 years in fundamental evangelicalism had receded completely and I was like a stranded starfish mercifully the tide has come back in I love Douglas Murray's analogy as of last year and I've been enjoying the C.S. Lewis podcast where I heard about the Unbelievable Conference. Connecting with Unbelievable is opening up so many exciting areas. Just want to thank you for being there with all that you bring as I'm set off on the path of faith once again. Thank you jackie those kinds of emails make all the difference so glad you've been able to discover the cs lewis podcast as part of Premier unbelievable uh, and if you want to go and check it out uh, you can register for our newsletter for news of our other shows bonus content we'll send you a free ebook too if you do that by registering for our newsletter at premiere unbelievable Dot com uh, the link is with today's show but as i mentioned you can go and get hold of the digital download by going there and clicking on shop that's uh, the shop at premierunbelievable.com com. for now let's get into today's show Welcome back to this week's edition of the C.S. Lewis podcast, beginning the first in a series of episodes in which we'll be looking at the essays of C.S. Lewis. Uh, We're going to be looking at essays, including Dogma and the Universe, Myth Became Fact, The Grand Miracle, Is Theism Important, Is Theology Poetry? First and second things, The Weight of Glory and on living in an atomic age but we'll be beginning today with meditation in a tool shed and we'll be finding out about that in a moment's time but first welcome back Alistair it's the first time we've seen each other since the conference that you joined us for a few weeks ago, the Unbelievable Conference. Um, any, any thoughts and reflections on the day we shared together? I thought it was really good. I felt that we had a wonderful um, panel. I thought the audience asked some wonderful questions. And
1: really, I think we all went away very encouraged, feeling that we had lots of new ideas of how it could really be heard in our culture. And that struck me as being very important.
0: My wife said that she was expecting a rather academic talk from you initially, but when she actually heard you, she was um, surprised and and delighted actually at how uh, accessible it was. Just remind us what you were talking about on the day. Well, I think what I was trying to do is to say that we need to find ways of explaining
1: to people the difference our faith makes and try to realise that actually very often you don't have to be an academic or anything like that. You'll just say, look, here is the difference my faith makes to me. Um, I can tell you stories about the difference my faith makes. And that really is important to people you're talking to. And of course, we're not doing this on our own. We're doing it in God's strength. I think that's a very important point to take away as well
0: absolutely um well we we hope that the c s. Lewis podcast also helps to do the same sort of thing, bring you know quite big ideas down to the ordinary person's level um and Lewis was able to do that himself in in so many ways um let's let's talk about meditation in a tool shed. um this was published i think in nineteen forty five originally um had its first life actually as an article for a paper. Do you want to tell us about its background, Alistair?
1: Yes, I mean, Lewis, Lewis quite often wrote things for a wider audience, what well, was very important. This is for the Coventry Evening Telegraph. That's in the British Midlands. And I think Lewis felt this was a way of reaching a wider audience. So it, it's written in a very accessible way. And clearly Lewis wants ordinary people to understand something more about the difference that a
0: Christian way of thinking makes to life. So it's a very accessible, very short actually piece, well worth reading reading. Um, It is. Uh, I I would struggle to think of any local paper that would actually publish today such a deeply (laughs) insightful and, you know, reflective philosophical piece in a way. But um, let's let me just uh, read the the opening of the the essay as a way of introducing where he begins with this. Um, And he says, I was standing today in a dark tool shed. The sun was shining outside and through the crack at the top of the door, there came a sunbeam. From where I stood, that beam of light with the specks of dust floating in it was the most striking thing in the place. Everything else was almost pitch black. I was seeing the beam, not seeing things by it. Then I moved so that the beam fell on my eyes. Instantly, the whole previous picture vanished. I saw no tool shed and, above all, no beam. Instead, I saw, framed in the irregular cranny at the top of the door, green leaves moving on the branches of a tree outside and, beyond that, 90-odd million miles away, the sun looking along the beam and looking at the beam are very different experiences so that really in a in a nutshell sort of is the analogy that lewis uses for the rest of this essay just explain what he's doing in using this particular analogy Well, like so many of Lewis's analogies,
1: this is very, very accessible. So you can easily imagine you're in a dark room and you see a beam of light, you look at it, and then you realise the beam of light is illuminating things you can see by it. I think Lewis is trying to bring out a number of points here. One one of them is this, clearly, that, in, in effect, very often we... We look at Christianity, we try and understand what it's all about, and we need instead to look through it, look along it, and ask, in what way does our Christian faith help us understand ourselves, our world? What difference does it make? How can we use our faith to, in effect, engage and see our world properly? That's a very important starting point. But the second point he's making is actually there's a quality of difference between looking at and looking along. Looking at is very objective, very detached. I'm looking at something. Whereas the kind of uh, looking along experience Lewis is much more engaged. You become involved in what you're seeing. I think that's one of the point that Lewis is trying to make. Too often we think of our Christian faith as, in effect, an objective body of knowledge, knowing, knowing things. And what Lewis is trying to say is, no, no, no. It draws us in. It excites us. It, in effect, makes us um, see things in a different way. We relate to them in a way that's not detached. It's engaged. It's involved. And that's very characteristic of Lewis. And this analogy, I think, helps him to
0: make that point very clearly and and he he kind of likens it to various sort of things that you could study objectively, if you like, you know, sociologically, you could study the the dance of you know a particular tribe in Africa um and a sort of explain it in that sense. Uh, you could uh, explain what's happening when you know a piece of music hits our eardrums and you know all kinds of brain synapses fire and things like that. but he he draws the distinction between looking at that thing and actually looking along that thing experiencing that thing that you're not you're not having the same experience you're not one is not more true than the other, in some sense. Well, that's right.
1: I mean, one of the points that Lewis really wants us to make, understand, is that you can have these different experiences. Now, it's not as if one's right and one's wrong. Actually, on their own, they're inadequate. But taking, if you take them together, it really gives you both the objective and the subjective aspects of reality. And Lewis, thing is really concerned about ways of looking at uh, ourselves or our world, which are only looking at things in one way and thus failing to look at the deeper questions. So Lewis's analogy is inviting us to look along our faith and realize that this in effect helps us to understand things in a deeper and better way, which is not incompatible with a sociological or scientific way of looking at things, but gives us a distinctively Christian reading of our world. And that's very important for Lewis.
0: I mean, I think this could be <clears throat> related to the way we look at the Bible. Um, so so there, there are different ways, obviously, of, of reading the Bible. You know, you've got the biblical scholar who wants to sort of examine objectively the text and so on. But of course, that's not the way that we necessarily meant to engage the Bible all the time, because actually the Bible is meant to speak to us in a more direct way do you want to just open up that that point as yes, well yes i think that's a
1: very important point and i'm sure many listening to this will, will will appreciate how important it is if i was a biblical scholar i'm looking at the text i'm trying to understand its language its phrases i'm trying to understand oh what's what's the reference to this person in other words i'm looking at the text and trying to in effect make the text itself the object of my study Or, Lewis is saying, you can look along the text. And here what you're doing is something rather different. You're saying, if I read this text, what difference does it make to the way I understand myself or the way I look at the world? And in fact, it's an invitation to to see things in a new way. Now, it's not as if one is right and one is wrong. And indeed, both of them really belong together, but they are different. And Lewis, I think, is worried that we may say we only need one of these and thus impoverish our engagement with the world. So I think Lewis is helping us here to make a, a very important point, which is that actually we do look at our world's in different ways and the christian way of looking at the world in effect supplements a natural way or a scientific way but it's very very important and it's distinct in its own right and a scientific way of looking at world does not make a christian way of looking at the world invalid it's simply saying we need to say more than that i think that's a really important point to bring out here mm.
0: And obviously lewis in his own day was seeing a kind of materialist assumption about the world a sort of scientific approach which he thought was was sort of missing you know the whole point it was it was only looking at the world in one way and thinking that everything had been explained if we could just look at the, the physics of it and, the, you know, the atoms and the molecules and so on. Uh, and 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 to that extent, your work has often been about helping to kind of bring people back from that scientific materialism and, and realising that's that's simply one way of understanding the world. But to, to assume that is the way of understanding the world is, is to make a big category error, isn't it? It is very much so. And again, Lewis is saying, look, you know, there are different ways of looking at the world and to get the
1: big picture, you need to bring them all together. So a scientific way helps us to understand how how our world or indeed how we function. I think that's really important, but we want to go deeper. We want to know what we mean. We want to know how we live a good life. And Lewis is saying that's important as well. We need to find a way of bringing these together and saying a purely scientific way of looking at things is great, but it's inadequate. We need more than that. And that's why we need to look along, not simply look at. So I think it's Mm. a very helpful tool to bring out the fact that actually life and our world and we are very very rich and we tend to impoverish all of these by simply looking at them we need to allow our faith to illuminate all of these things and appreciate their depth and why they're so significant
0: Mm. um i've often sort of thought of meditation in a tool shed when looking at the stories of people who have ultimately embraced christianity after quite often an intellectual journey because one person i'm thinking of who's who's journey, you know, very much involved engaging with Lewis was uh, Holly Ordway, who you may be familiar with. Um, She was an English sort of student and teacher and fell in love with poetry. Um, And especially she found herself very drawn towards the works of Christian poets, you know, Gerard Manley Hopkins and others. Um, and it was in that process that she began to see that she had these intellectual questions about Christianity, but something about the vision that these poets drew out of life <clears throat> and meaning drew her. And, and she described it as eventually feeling that she couldn't forever stay kind of looking at this from the outside, but she had to sort of step into that stream to fully engage it, to fully understand it. And and that for me feels a bit like what Lewis is saying here. You, you'll never fully understand something if you stand outside it, just examining poking at it, you know, asking questions of it, that may be important for a while, but you only really engage something like the Christian faith when you actually take the plunge, as it were, I suppose that is the act of faith and step into that stream and say, now I'm going to actually be part of this and allow it to kind of speak to me in that very direct way. I think that's right. I think Lewis is trying to make the point that we may see
1: something beautiful. But the problem is you can't really treat beauty in an objective, detached way. It draws you to it. In fact, you want to step into it. It's something very, very different. And that's why I think Lewis reminds us all the time that rational arguments for faith, they're useful. But actually, faith is beautiful. It draws you in. There's some kind of vision there, which is like a magnet. And you say, I feel drawn to this, as, of course, Lewis himself did when he
0: moved from atheism to Christianity so i think that's a very
1: important point
0: mm. uh, i mean how, how how do we encourage people in a way there's many people listening to this who who may be very intellectually you know engaged and, and in a sense that's that's the routine very often to all kinds of issues and may feel the sort of almost concerned at sort of letting go of the the kind of rational approach and saying no i'm just going to experience something you know people sometimes are a bit worried about about whether i'm sort of letting go of reason when I sort of just decide to engage in something more directly. Um, how, how do we sort of mitigate for that sort of concern that people sometimes have?
1: Well, I think we need to say that God has given us many faculties, reason, imagination, our emotions, and Christianity engages all of these. And I wouldn't say for one moment we, we leave the rational side of Christianity to one side. It's just there's a lot more to Christianity than that. And what draws some people is this rational vision what draws other is the experience of beauty or wonder or love, which in fact draw you to faith. You discover the rational side later then. But for each of us, there's our own way to faith. and We mustn't lay down. It can only happen like this. Um, each of us is drawn in our own way, which is why actually when people talk about their faith, you realize they place the emphasis in different places. I think it's very important to to say that's not about inconsistency. It's about the richness of faith, because there's so much there to find and discover. And if you come in by one way, you'll end up discovering the other ways as well. So your life of discipleship is about discovering these other bits of it that up to this point you hadn't discovered.
0: Hmm. Who who was the theologian or early church father who, who said something along the lines of? Yes, we, we understand in order to believe, but we also believe in order to understand. It feels like there's something about that in, in this, isn't there?
1: There is. That's Augustine of Hippo back in the 5th century. And and the point he's making is good that, in effect, once you step inside the Christian way of thinking, everything looks different. But you don't see that from outside. And in mm-hmm. the, using this analogy of the looking at, looking along, what Lewis is trying to say is you've got to step inside and see along the Christian faith and then everything looks different difference and part of our discipleship our walk of faith is actually learning to use our faith to to see our world and ourselves in this different way.
0: Mm. And we, we will come in, up against this, uh, this quote on, on another essay that we'll be looking at later on in this series Alistair but I know it's one of your favorite quotes where Lewis talks about I believe in Christianity as I believe in the sun, not just because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. It feels like that's quite pertinent, even though he doesn't use that quote in this essay, It's it feels very relevant to what Lewis is talking about. It is very relevant, it's part of Lewis's overall approach. And I particularly like this way of looking at that
1: Lewis mentions in this article, because it's very, very good to say, you know, we need to accept that looking at objectively, disinterestedly, It's important, but it's superficial. We have to go deeper and looking along opens up this world of commitment, engagement, and depth. And they're both there waiting to be discovered. So my plea is we go deeper and don't just skim things on the surface.
0: Well, uh, if you want to get hold of this, I know that there are copies available floating around on the Internet of Meditation in a tool shed. I'm not exactly sure which books you would have to go to in order to find it. In fact, I've found as I've I've looked out these various essays, some of them are in God in the Dock and we'll be coming to a few of those in the next few episodes. Um, The the copy I've got is one from the 1970s here. Um, But but uh, yes, these these essays, they tend to have been dotted around in various publications, republished here and there at various points, don't they, Alistair?
1: they do. There, there, are, there are some collections of all of Lucy's S's and are in there, or some of them, actually, you can find on the Internet. So
0: mm. just look around and see what you find. Absolutely. Well, it's been fun um, diving into this one, and we've got plenty more to come in future editions of the show. But for now, Alistair, thank you very much for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Well, I look forward to seeing you again next time. Don't forget, you can register for more from the show at premierunbelievable.com. A reminder that if you want all of the sessions, including Alistair's from our unbelievable conference, God Unmuted, well, that's available there now to download from the website premierunbelievable.com and click on shop. We'll continue on the shorter works of C.S. Lewis next time. See you then.